Pterodactyl Cut! Yes! <laughs> Back again for another week. You're tuned into Backdoor Cut. My name is Josh DiMatteo here with trade deadline winner Jake Eisenberg. Oh, yeah. Evan Fournier Stan. Here we go. Yeah, well, that's news, but hey, I guess you got to be. Everyone starts their standship somewhere. That's and right. And with us, as always, Ben and Joel, big, big fan, Matt Beatty. He's got him by his side today. <laughs> Mate, we the playoff push starts. We didn't, we, there was no moves at the deadline. We were holding Pat. Kyle Lowry's staying in Toronto. Well, there was a move. We'll get to that. It, it wasn't the move that we wanted. RIP Kyle Lowry to Philadelphia 76ers, but mm. it was a move nonetheless. And speaking of moves, we just finished the trade deadline. There's already guys being claimed off waivers. Let's kick straight in. Mate, um, eventful deadline, I thought. In the yeah, end. For, for a year where it was sounding like it'd be a bit quieter than usual, we got a lot of, lot of moves that end up altering the face of the league. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, wo- I, like, I woke up. It was about four thirty, and I just knew it was all going down. So I just got up. I was like, "Let's, let's rip into this," and it was fantastic. Tweets, memes, all of Woj the Christmas. Oh, what, I think Woj dominated the day. From what I from what I saw, it was like a just a drubbing. So Shams had to get. Yeah, I'm sure you at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> a drubbing. Woj <laughs> wins this deadline. <laughs> You come uh, out the coat. You go. You you better want that smoke. You know what I mean? That's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, all right. I think we'll start with the team that's just not quite a full fire sale, but pretty much shipped out. That's, a, that's as close to a fire sale as you'll get. Yeah, I mean, really? like I guess their biggest assets are injured, waiting to come back next year. So this was a fire sale of the healthy players. Mm. I mean, they traded three of their four best players currently on the roster. It's pretty, four of their starting lineup. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. So starting with you, Joshua, I think, I think the surprise trade of the deadline, I don't think anyone really saw this coming. All reports going into the deadline were if you wanted to get Vucevic out of Orlando, you're going to have to drastically overpay. They wanted to keep him, yada, yada, yada. Apparently not. How are you hey, feeling? That's Chicago Bull Nikola Vucevic to you. Yeah. How are we feeling? Uh, I'm feeling good. I think we we ended up doing well with this trade. Like, I going into the deadline, if you'd asked me who's off limits, Wendell Carter Jr. would have been higher up my list than most Bulls players. Not thrilled that he's gone, but when you're replacing him with Vukovic and in turn the rotation minutes with Tice from the Celtics, which we'll get mm. into as well. I mean, I can't complain with that. Like, when was Wendell going to play with these two guys around? So what are you what are you feeling now? Um, what's the what's the season expectations? What's the next couple well, we of years got, looking like? I think in immediate term, the Bulls got to push for the playoffs if they've got Vukovic and they just gave away one of their young, I don't mm. know, up and coming cornerstones. So if they get Vukovic, they got Zach Levine. They've got Kobe White and all these veterans in the Patrick, starting line. Patrick now. Williams, I think. Patrick Williams playing great. Um, he's probably already outperformed most of our rookies over the past four years. Um, Otto Porter's gone. Huge, huge boon for the franchise. His contract is enormous, and they flipped him as part of this deal, which is great. Uh, I'm 
thrilled, honestly. It's been a long time since Bulls made like a a sneaky, competitive, smart play like this. Mm-hmm. Usually we're just shit. <laughs> well, okay, so what 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 does um, playoffs mean with this new play-in tournament? What if you make the play-in, but you don't actually make the playoffs? What I think that... that's still okay. I, okay. I think the, Man, the goal of this... Yeah, well, we do. We got a pretty low <laughs> bar out here in Chicago. I'm not going to beat around the bush, but I think just just by playing in a playoff matchup, even if it's just the first round, if we can do that, that's progress this year. And then this team can take that progress into next year with Zach and Kobe being a year older and Vukovic having played with the guys for a little bit. And then next year we can push for proper playoffs, if you will. <laughs> the yeah, I'm all right with getting past a, a play-in tournament right now. Okay, so the ten seed. That's a that's, man. I'm I'm jealous of those expectations. Can I just tell you that? <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. And you're looking good. You're three games clear of uh, Toronto right now. Um, so that's very likely a possibility. Yeah, um, it's, it, it can happen. All right, bait dog. I think you need to set the bar higher, Josh. That's, <laughs> that's very weak. Like, come on, man. You've just traded for an all-star. Like, uh, the way that the East has kind of played out so far this season, it, I mean, I don't think anyone would have predicted it to an extent. Like, some of the, like Indiana is, is just – they started the season red hot and have just kind of fallen by the wayside. Conversely, you know, Charlotte are legitimately, like, in the playoffs right now. So I, I don't think anyone really sort of predicted that, and I mean, of course, New York, the Knicks are, are, are another one that's just that's Knicks so, are good, right, baby. Right, like, they're getting a home playoff series right now. Yeah. Today. I I think I think Chicago, yeah, I mean, they they're going to be in that sort of that play in picture, whether it's seven, whether it's ten, whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. Maybe they push for the six. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, the other Atlanta's another one who started okay and then drifted off a little bit and then of course they made a coaching change and now they're looking good again they, they've, they've started to win some games so the the playoff picture in the east you know outside of say philly brooklyn milwaukee is just who knows it's an absolute minefield it's it's a massive log jam we usually talk about this for the west where mm. this year it's it's the east so and i mean even even toronto i think you just touched on toronto then like they're another team that this is a, a team that won a championship two years ago and now they're they're staring down the barrel of just not being a playoff team this year, which is which that that decline is, is so rapid. I mean, obviously the one season rental of Kawhi, but like still, I can see Toronto going on the rest of the season on a bit of a tear, though. Like yeah. Kyle Lowry has to be freed, knowing that I'm at least here till the end of the year. I just got to play. No more questions. Gary Trent Jr.'s entered their starting lineup. He looks like he's going to be a future fixture for the team. Um, I know he's a restricted free agent at the end of the year, but if you trade for this guy and throw him straight into your starting lineup, there must be some kind of hope there. They got all these guys coming back from injury. I mean, why not? Why can't uh, they go on a bit of a run? Yeah, I mean, I w- and I watched the Blazers uh, Raptors game today. They're, they're going to be right. They're going to push for the play-in tournament. Yeah. For, there's, no, there's no doubt about it. Like this team's still good. Um, mm. Lowry, Van Vliet, they're 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 sneaky. A lot back. of a lot of bad luck to start oh, the year. And then they got, yeah. yeah, they got screwed again by COVID. Like they missed like two weeks worth of games with the three of their top guys out. Um, now they're gonna they're gonna be um, a, a a play in contender, which again the low, the bar's low. But if you end up um, in the play in tournament, 
and you have to play the Raptors in that to get through. You're going to be like, are you serious? These guys are tough as shit. Yeah, they're in the finals two years ago. Yeah, well, they went to yeah, game seven in the second round last year against the Celtics. Like, these guys are pretty similar to that team still. Um, yeah, so. But to your, to your point, Beatty, I will cop that. Maybe I do need to set the bar a bit higher. You have to understand I have very little expectation from the past few years. It's been a rough uh, couple yeah, of decades. Yeah, it's been now. a rough trot for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm we, just, I mean, surely like Levine as a guy who there was a two-week stretch there where what he was ripping off 40-point games like they were nothing and, and really made his case for the All-Star game, which obviously he made. And uh, isn't that – I think that was a thing where now the Bulls have – only the Nets had more All-Stars than, than the Bulls or something this season now. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, yeah, I think they'll be – It'll be nice to see them in the play-in. I think yeah. that'll be good. And I think, um, I think to your point, Vooch opens things up for Zach Levine heavy. All of a sudden, these driving lanes are going to be really open. You don't want that. I'm keen. Oh, just a second scorer, man. More than anything else, like, I don't think. I think Chicago have just lacked that for the last couple of years. It's it's all been Zach Levine, and mm-hmm. to be able to have a sort of inside-outside presence now, and 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 that's selling Vucevic short because obviously that guy yeah, good one. every other big in the league now can step out and shoot three so but um, yeah just to have a, a secondary scorer is with, there's going to be nights when Zach doesn't have it but you know you can just dump it into to Vuce and he'll go get your bucket so that that sort of having a bit more I guess or a bit a bit more predictability unpredictability sorry in their offense is, is going to be good instead of rather than just relying on Zach to, to score the bulkier points agreed yeah, the defense, we'll see what happens there, but who really cares about the defense? Yeah, yeah. that's not what basketball's about these days. <laughs> um, um, all right, we could probably we... swing this back to the Magic. Yeah. They've, they've obviously gotten rid of Vuk. Aaron Gordon's probably 1B or 1A in terms of their pecking order, and he's just moved to Denver in a big <laughs> trade. I've got to say, Denver did well here. They did great. They got off the Garris Harry... Gary, Karis Harry, Gary Harris uh, contract. Um, RJ Hampton, our boy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Definitely New, Ze- a, New Zealand Breakers superstar. <laughs> he'll definitely get more minutes now. Yep. So That's that'll, for damn sure. So that'll be good. But uh, definitely a worst, a worst situation going from uh, Western Conference contender to uh, Eastern Conference bottom feeder. But that's okay. I think it was a good deal for both teams. You get a young player. Uh, the, the Magic was super high on RJ going into the draft, uh, apparently more so than Aaron Neesmith, uh, which I was trying to wrap my head around like why uh, they liked RJ Hampton so much. He hasn't really done anything this season, but I guess if your pre-draft assessment, it's pretty much the same. It's not, not that much has changed, but I liked it for both teams, and we got to see Aaron Gordon in action first time today, and I mean, that guy, that guy's in the perfect spot now. He gets to mm. be lifted by Angel Wings, Nikola Jokic, just dropping him dimes left, right, and center. Um, it's oh, hard was... to see a fault in this team now. I think the defense isn't going to be top, top level, but now you have a guy that at least can um, help you defend the Kawhis and the LeBrons. Um, I think we're going to find out what kind of player Aaron Gordon is on that end, definitely. Because Cause this and... is like essentially the same team they had in the playoffs last year now if you switch Jeremy Grant and Aaron Gordon. And Aaron Gordon's arguably the bulkier, sturdier, better defender of the two. 
So, I'm, mate, I'm pretty excited. Like, this could this could send a real threat to the the upper echelon teams. Yeah, I don't know. What do we think, Patey? Is this going to be a? Does this move uh, the the needle for you? Uh, yeah, it does. I, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you, Jake, in that I don't, I mean, defensively, whatever. I don't think Mike, any Mike Malone team over the years has, has been like a, a top-level defensive team. It's it's not really... They've always been good, but, though. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, you have to be league average to, to be at the pointy end of the season, right? Like, they're not they're not a terrible defensive team, but they're not the Lakers or, or Philly or one of these, you know, top-level echelon sort of defensive teams. I don't think Gordon necessarily does too much there. For me, it's just more having another body that you can put on the floor that, what, the dude's like 6'8", 6'9", athletic as, mm. yeah, the the proposition of him sort of being on the end of some of Jokic's passes is that's the biggest thing, right? And I, I think also having that sort of flexibility where obviously Michael Porter Jr. has been a little bit inconsistent, I suppose, is, is the word to say. Like in his career so far, there'll be nights when he has it and there's other nights when he doesn't have it. At least you've now got, like you're right, Josh, at least you've now got that sort of essentially that replacement for, um, uh, who was it? Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant, yeah, yeah, that signed with the Pistons. So I I mean, I I like it for the Nuggets. I don't necessarily know if it's it's that dramatic but uh, at the same time i think they did need to make a move they needed to try something because um yeah otherwise they're running back essentially the same team as, as what they ran back last year which got them to the, the western conference finals so yeah it's also the route they've taken though like for every team where there's lebron and ad there's another team out there who can't attract lebron aren't going to get ad in turn you got to build it a different way yeah and if you're going to build it this type of way they've gone about it as well as you pretty much can do mm. i mean like yeah as we say if all they need to do is slow down these other superpower teams in the playoffs and still score their own points this team can do that man i i really like their their five guys now i think i'm i'm not the biggest porter fan and like today was a good example of he you know he was 6 from 12 good shooting but then he just has some of these plays where he got a rebound and Trey Young rips it, rips it out of his hand for another possession. And it's like, how are you letting Trey Young rip the ball out of your, your hands here? So you've still kind of got that mental question. But offensively, I really like this five now with Jokic and Murray. You know those two are going to bring it come playoff time. And Murray's come along over the past like four to six weeks after a slow start to the season where we were like, where the fuck did Bubble Murray go? Yeah, we haven't seen Bubble Murray because that would mean he's um, like Michael Jordan. Um, <laughs> but like he, he's he's definitely played really really well. And then you've got Will Barton's come along, and then dude, I mean Jokic is what the MVP right now. Harden tied first probably. You, you could even bring Porter off the bench as a spark plug and just start Millsap. There's nothing telling yeah. them that that's that's the wrong way to go. I, I think that's. You know? I, I don't think Malone is sort of locked into a five I, I agree that he'll have that sort of versatility um but yeah I, I mean I I think the thing with the Nuggets more than anything else is yeah is Murray I agree that that they're gonna go as far as he can kind of if you can get peak Murray like what we had in the playoffs last year well mm. they're gonna be that little one-two punch with Jokic is is awesome and then you've just got a little bit of side Aaron Gordon to to to, to you got to contend with that as well so as long as we get top level Murray then yeah they're going to be a contender for sure I think I'm moving them 
into number two in the West for me over Utah, Ooh. over Clippers. And over then, Utah. I'm just not – Gobert just doesn't do it for me. And I hey, he play, he's been playing really well. I know, I know he has. It's the regular season though. And I know when it comes, and it's, it's and it comes playoff time, they're good. But Jokic is gonna that you know best player on the court, and now that they've got like a, a five that I really trust come crunch time, um, Aaron Gordon can get get on Donovan Mitchell. I just I just give me give me Jokic, and then also from a fun rankings perspective, these guys shoot up the the ladder for me too. Now you've got another super athletic dude that's just catching lobs and cutting off Jokic. All day long, baby. Where where would you sit them then, Beatty? <sighs> I'm very conflicted with Utah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, as you can see today, I, I, I'm uh, team sixes right now. <laughs> yeah. I've got my Simmons and Bead shirt on. I got the boys. <laughs> so you do. I didn't even need to see that. <laughs> Disgusting. I I am deep within Sixers Twitter, but I'm also deep within Utah Twitter. And if anyone has followed the NBA this season and gives a shit about either of those teams, you will know that there's a, a, a an element of beef between yeah. between either side. So it's it's sort of difficult for me to navigate that. <laughs> I I think every point that Jake has made is fair. I think in the past I have always been very defensive of Utah, and I, I think that they've always been sort of slept on and, and whatever, but at the same time, the the proof is in the pudding and they haven't done it in the postseason the last few years. And I mean, obviously this version, this 2021 version of the Jazz in the regular season at least is by far and away the best version of the Jazz that we've had. Um, having Bogdanovich sort of fit and healthy and having Conley looking like Conley, you know, Conley was a big acquisition for them at the start of last season and he just never really had it going for the whole season. This year he has found it, and I, I think Jordan Clarkson's well off the bench has just been immense for them offensively. But it's weird, like the sort of narrative on the Jazz has changed where a few years ago when they were running Favors and, and Gobert, they were really a defensive team. That, that was their, their bread and butter. They struggled in the half court offensively. That's where they, I think that was probably their undoing in the playoffs more than anything else. They couldn't keep up with these teams that were shooting heaps of threes. Whereas now they, they are that team. They shoot more threes than any other team in the league. Um, I don't. The defense hasn't dropped off too much. They're still like a top ten defensive team, but I guess the question is just, yeah, what does their offense look like come postseason when you you have a game where the threes aren't falling? Like, what do they do then? They're not as Jake's kind of hinted at. You don't dump it in, download a Rudy, and and play sort of post up game because that's not his game at all. Whereas Jokic, of course, Jokic can do all that. Jokic can do everything on offense. So. I I I don't know. I I I don't know about that one. I I'm really confused. <laughs> well then well then quickly before we get back to yeah. the magic do, does we're talking about Utah Jazz and we're talking about the Nuggets and their their I guess potency in the playoffs. Can the Phoenix Suns factor into this at all? Because they're being slept on, in my opinion. Yeah, they're just racking off you. win after win after win, and no one's paying attention. I'm paying I think, attention. I think it's probably <laughs> because, like we haven't said, like literally both of those teams, Utah and Denver, we've seen them in the postseason the last few years now. Phoenix is really – this is the first year of, of Phoenix, of Devin Booker of, as, as a playoff team. So it's very hard to like – we can only go off the regular season, right? And Yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I agree with you definitely. I think they've got any team with Chris Paul on it, man. What he did last year at OKC was, I think, career 
re what's the word rejuvenating like oh i think yeah, people yeah. were a bit down on him after the houston thing and then it's almost the most impressive thing he's done yeah absolutely yeah so i i mean i i wouldn't be shocked whatever phoenix manages to to do in the playoffs i okay i loved i loved uh the game this morning phoenix hornets comes down to the wire and um it's overtime uh chris paul's got the ball and the hornets announces are like oh chris paul knows what's what, what's going on like you'd always trust him and then miles bridges has like one hand on him defending him and chris paul rips through not unknowing that it's the bonus gets to the line and he's just chirping at miles bridges and because bridges is you know oh fucking weak move da, 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 da. and chris paul's just like well then just don't do it and then just hits the free throw keeps chirping hits a second free throw and just, <laughs> like it barely takes a breath in between free throws it's, it, it, so like from that mentality perspective yeah you trust him but then at the same time i don't book has never been don't in the playoffs <laughs> and then and then ayton dude oh, he, yeah, yeah. he had this moment today where they could have they didn't need to go to overtime and then he got this offensive rebound and just just almost missed the rim. Like it went off the backboard and just grazed the ears. And so obviously it's one moment in one game, but I don't know. I, 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 I've I, got I've got them all yeah. pretty much. All yeah, right, yeah. I've, I've got them about on level pegging right now, those um, three. Yeah. The thing that I like about uh, Denver, I suppose, in comparison to those two teams is that they've got big bodies, right? So mm. if, you, if you come up against the Lakers or you come up against the Clippers who you've got to contend with the Paul Georges and the Kawhi Leonard's and the LeBron James, like, they, I mean, Utah is the one that I, they're quite guard heavy. And then even the bigger guys are, are the guys like Bojan Bogdanovic or Royce O'Neal, who, I mean, yeah, they can guard those guys, but I, I just think that that's where Aaron Gordon is a, a big plus for Denver. I think yeah. you're going to be obviously that guy. You're just going to put him on whoever the best player, the wing best wing player for the other team is. And I think Utah, it's probably one area where they haven't really been able to address. And to be honest, in the regular season, you probably don't need to. It's just whether or not it's going to get exploited in the playoffs. They did pick up favors a while back, and I guess that's a body they can throw out there. But I hear your point. I hear it loud and clear. Yeah, favors is not going. Favors is a big right. He's not going to guard you know Kawhi. That's, no. I guess that's the point, yeah. All right, moving back to Orlando. There's another one of their starting five. <laughs> we'll just move on again to Jake's territory now. Evan Fournier got sent to the Boston Celtics. How do you feel about that? Not, not exactly what you had in mind. <laughs> um, I wish he had a nickname that we'd given him on Celtics Twitter so I could use it right now, but... Um, <laughs> it's only a matter of time. Exactly. Hopefully by next pod uh, we've got one, but... I mean, you send Jeff Teague and two second rounders and you use part of the traded player exception to get him in there. So he's basically free. Um, he stole him. Yeah. And I know people want to, like, we should have saved the TPE and got something bigger and better, but often these traded player exceptions, like, don't even get used because it's, it's, you, people want stuff in return for good players, right? You know, you don't just yeah. get to absorb a $30 million player for nothing. Um, so, We'll see what happens long-term, but short-term, they've been desperately searching for one more player that can do stuff on the basketball court that isn't Semi Ojeleen um, or Grant Williams, who has been playing better lately. But yeah, I, and he started. Dude, he played 31 minutes against the Bucks and was really, really good, and then they got the win. Um, so this is the thing with the Celtics team. When you see them 
playing well, you're like, okay, this is this is the team that we thought we were going to see a lot of um, going into the season. Um, you know, Tatum with 34, 6 and whatever, just taking it to Giannis. Um, and so I think this move actually could make a really, really big difference. And look, I don't think they've gone to the Eastern Conference Finals this year or making it out of the East, but I think this... It just shuffles the depth chart so much better as opposed to having to play these dudes that can't dribble, pass, or shoot. You've got a dude that can do all three. And on the second nights of back-to-backs when Kemba can't play and you've got Carson Edwards playing, it's it's just going to make a, a really a ma- massive impact. Um, so um, I imagine the two-game win streak will be a 10-game winning streak by the time we, we, we talk next. Uh, so, yeah, what do we think? The Frenchman... I'm a fan. I get around it. In some ways, I think he's a better fit for this team than someone like Gordon Hayward ever was. He doesn't. He doesn't demand as much of the ball. He still gives you the flexibility you need, the floor spacing, all that kind of stuff. You can allow Evan Fournier to play his best role and still fit within the confines of the team, rather than find a role that suits the confines of the team for him. I mean, you can write out lineups with Marcus Smart, Evan Fournier, the Jays, and Time Lord, and that's exciting for me. I get around that. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a couple of ways you can go. You've got like the the Kemba Fournier Jays Time Lord, which is kind of the super offensive. Like that offensive team right there is pretty could be pretty devastating. Everybody can shoot, and you got Time Lord just jumping out of the out of the gym. Um, and I guess the the other part of this trade it forces Brad Stevens to play the young guys. Um, he mm. just refuses to do it in so many seasons and we've been begging him to free the time while Josh, you've been calling for it. Um, so you should have been t- calling for it for yeah. a while. Yeah. So you ship Tice out and you ship Teague out. So you're going to see a lot more Pritchard and a lot more time Lord, which is the move for this team. We've got to develop these guys. It's not, you know, we're not going to win yeah. a title this year about the next two, three, four years. So, um, so yeah. And you see it in that box game. Time Lord was incredible against the Bucks. So um, he, just, he just opens things up. Um, he does mate, everything. Like he was getting steals, blocks, rebounds, barely turned the ball over. Like it was oh, yeah. awesome. Um, so yeah, I think I think Fournier is going to make a serious serious impact. So yeah, what do you reckon, Bait Dog? Celtics are back. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> no, I, I kind of agree. Like yeah, I think your I guess hopes for the season are about where they probably should be for Boston, and I, I think. Fournier is a good – I like Fournier as a player, just full stop. I think he's obviously been on Orlando for the last few years, several years, and they're a team that have been really bad. Well, not not really bad, but they've just been sort of middling. Yeah, yeah middling. I would actually – I would argue that they've overachieved. Yeah. Steve, Steve Clifford's got that team. They play hard. Guys like Evan Fournier never defended before he got to Orlando, and now he does every possession. I guess, yeah, it's just more, it's one, yeah, one of those teams where the ceiling was obviously not sort of finals contender, but when you, you, you don't have that, I guess you just don't get that, that recognition. And as a player, yeah, I think he, he fits the bill for what Boston want. They just want someone else who can go get you a bucket. He's going to be very versatile coming off the bench or if he has to start wherever it is. I, I, I like it as a move. I, I don't have too much. I don't think it changes things too much for Boston. Like it's a good option for Brad to have now. It's yeah, it's a good move. I like it. Yeah. Look, it's just, 
you've got, I mean, I said it on that other podcast, we've got so many young guys on this team. And so you bring in a dude that's 28 in his prime, been around, done, you know, had to be the lead playmaker, the secondary guy. Yeah. He's just done a lot of stuff. He just knows what he's doing, which is yep. what they're missing. So, yeah. Feel, feel it's that actually a really, that's really good point because, yeah, what, aside from, I guess, Marcus Smart, who else on that roster is is kind of like a veteran that you would even say at this point? I mean, outside of the, like the main guys, I mean, yeah, like Kemba. Uh, oh, Kemba! Uh, I mean, Kemba. Yeah, I mean, Kemba. Kemba. Oh, yeah, but I mean, but yeah, but Kemba, and then it's like Kemba, and then Jalen and Jason. But obviously, they're still young. Um, yeah. But outside of that, uh, um, it's pretty. I mean, Tristan Thompson's a veteran, but he hasn't really lit the world on fire this this season either. Uh, Teague, I mean. Like he's gone. Yeah. Thank God, dude. And he was cooking the last week too, which is funny. Um, and then he got shipped out. Um, I mean, and even your point about trying to develop some of these younger guys, yeah, that's yeah. that's a huge factor, man. Like, exactly. this, it plays into the whole maybe nobody wants to trade for any of these guys because they don't have that much trade value because no, no one knows how good they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to uh, watch this new iteration thing. They've got a seven game homestand coming up. Um, which is kind of unheard of in this season. So, and a lot of the games aren't easy, but um, it's a chance to really get on a bit of a bit of a roll, build some chemistry, and make a push. Because what you really want to do is get to that sixth seed, and um, who knows what can happen. I kind of like us against the Bucks. We always play them tough, so if we end up getting matched up against them. Um, don't hate Mate, it. I'm, I'm pushing for the Chicago Boston play in. Play in, yeah. Me too. Me too. Backdoor, the backdoor cut bowl. I want it. Yeah. I'm in for it. I'm, I'm in for as long as we're above, so we get the the, the advantage, <laughs> <laughs> and that we win, um, and I won't be upset at all. Um, but yeah, um, I'm excited. I'm excited. Let's hope that no more injuries. Romeo Langford might be back sometime in the next couple of years as well. So. <laughs> That'd be good. That'd be good. Um, all right, next one. Um, what about the Heat? Everybody's talking about the Heat and how they won the trade deadline. They had a very good trade deadline. I, I'm going to defend them here. Okay. Just just, just preview. Okay, fair enough. Um, obviously, they bring in Oladipo and Bielitsa. I mean, we don't just say much about the Rockets. They fucked up the Houston, the James Harden trade. They got basically nothing for Oladipo, and they're suck, and they suck. But that, that's Yeah, what a monumental disaster. Yeah, it's just awful. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hope that uh, the Rockets buy out Kelly Olynyk. I'd like to bring him back to Boston, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of teams that wouldn't mind yeah. Kelly O. He's good. Um, but the Heat. So, Bielitsa, I guess he kind of fills the Kelly Olynyk spot. They were Perfectly. Hoping... Perfect. Yeah, sure. But like neither of those guys are awesome if they're fin- starting or finishing for you. Um, and then Oladipo, who has been okay this year. Yeah, subpar. He's not... Typical Oladipo, but they got him for nothing. Like, how can you not love it? I think they got him for move. nothing. Yeah, I think it's a smart. And not move. only, I think it was pretty obvious to most NBA insiders that Heat were going to be buying on the Kyle Lowry movement. Um, it only made sense, perfect fit for the team, all that jazz. But they missed him, and in my opinion, got about as good a backup plan as you possibly could because they've got. Oladipo under contract until the end of the season, at which point he's a restricted free agent. So if it all goes well and he gets, you know, close to back to his best, they can always just re-up with Oladipo. But if not, they cut him, 
Kyle Lowry is a free agent at the end of the season and they can have a second bite at the apple. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I you know, I think it's yeah, it's a low risk move, right? You bring him in if he turns into like eighty percent of all NBA all the depot, then they then maybe they're a finals contender all of a sudden. Because yeah, nice. like yeah. even just his hustle next to Jimmy Butler is going to be a help. If they can get guys like Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson as serious contributors on a playoff team, I have seen no reason why Oladipo can't buy into the same. I just worry about the health, but if, he, if he's I healthy, then I, then I agree. If he's healthy, then I think he can do it, but I don't know. About the, he hasn't been the same. Low Everybody. risk, high reward. Yeah. I, um, I just can't, I can't, I can't help myself, but keep looking back with the heat. I feel like they really skip. They really missed a beat yeah. this year. And I, I think, you know what I'm going at with it. I mean, they, I mean, come on. If, yeah. James Harden, that, that trade on. was there and they didn't do it. And um, I, I think now they're in that same glut of teams that are obviously they've had some bad run with COVID, but like they're in that glut in the East now. Yeah. And I, I mean, yeah, dude. If, and, I, and I mean, even then the other thing leading up to this deadline was, oh, Kyle Lowry. And yeah, that guy definitely would have made a difference. But for whatever price you would have had to give up, I, I don't think that Miami were, were going to do that. So I, I yeah, I think anything aside from that, which is obviously what we've ended up with for Miami, I, I just think it's 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 not anything significant to me. They'll be fine. They'll be as good as Jimmy is, essentially. Mm, yeah these other pieces that will maybe help a little bit, but I, I mean, whatever, I don't really think it's, it's sort of earth shattering. Yeah. I do you agree. think it's a, do you think it's enough to put, push them to at least a Eastern finals? No. See, I, even before this, I mean, it's weird that they've gone on this six game losing streak because they won like 11 of 10 or whatever it was. Yeah. Then, <laughs> now that would have been hot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man. My brain just, <laughs> Did a little uh, whoopsie yeah. there, um, but yeah, and then they lost six in a row to some very like beatable teams. Um, so that I guess they're just not that not that good. But I I like pre before the season they were kind of my Eastern Conference pick. Obviously the uh, the Nets have done a few things in between, but I still really like these guys when it comes to crunch time in the playoffs. Um, Hero hasn't been as good uh, this season. He's been up and down, but. I still trust Jimmy. I still trust Bam and Dragic. Um, I still like them when it gets to nut crunch time. But um, and yeah, but you, like, yeah. who do you like them against? Do you like them against Atlanta or Charlotte or New York, or do you yeah. like them against like Brooklyn and right. Philly? Because that's I think Pretty that's much. kind of where we're at now. Look, I mean, honestly, I, I like them. I, I I could see them beating Philly or Milwaukee. I I mean. I don't think they'd be. I mean, if they're not favored, I might be betting on them to be honest, because yeah. I don't trust either of those teams that much either. Um, yeah, I, I've kind of reassessed uh, the tiers where Brooklyn's obviously by itself, and I know Philly and Milwaukee's record-wise are in that first tier, but maybe they're a tier on their own, or even I kind of have them with the Heat. Um, I'd like to put the Celtics there, but they've still got to prove it over the next few weeks. Um, I yeah. definitely put the Heat in with. Philly and Milwaukee. Okay. Like, sure, their regular season hasn't been as good as we'd hoped, but I don't see any reason why in seven games they couldn't beat Philly. If the game grinds down to a halt and Ben's working in the half court, yeah. Philly could capitulate. Like, same well, I... goes for the Bucks. Bucks could capitulate. 
uh, we know at least the heat can work in that setting mm-hmm. as um, the as they're constructed. Yeah, exactly. So I I like it. I like what I'm I'm, I'm going to see in the playoffs because I think there could be some upsets there and some some serious drama from a from a Twitter perspective as well. Anytime uh, Philly gets uh, exposed is, is an enjoyable <laughs> time for for myself. Um, but yeah, and we'll see what happens with Joel, right? So he was like playing his best basketball ever, obviously, and then he has his injury, um, and is that going to impact his his conditioning that he obviously had worked on or looked like he had worked on? And then does he kind of turn back into we get him for two and a half quarters per game or something like that? I don't know. We shall see. Um, and then Lamarcus Aldridge, I think that actually he would have helped. He would have been, yeah, a, a good like a really good fit there. I think the the hopes the hopes going uh, post deadline was that they would also sign Aldridge, so they could say we signed Bielitsa, Aldridge, and Oladipo, which obviously would have been enormous. Mm. Three experienced guys like that, but didn't get their hands on Aldridge. Aldridge was wooed by the allure of Brooklyn's star-studded mm. lights and playing off the bench with Blake Griffin. Well, I mean, you know, that's. That's the bit that we didn't see because we were kind of saying off before we started recording that it was kind of an overlap between Blake and Lamarcus. But if you're stealing him from the Heat in the situation where he actually probably would have helped them, then maybe yeah. it's worth maybe it's just worth doing. You're kind of just blocking them. That's true. Oh, like from Brooklyn's perspective, yeah. pick up Lamarcus just so no one else can have him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, yeah, I guess he's on a minimum. You can exactly. if you can convince him. So I show it's not hard to convince a guy. Sure, Marks is the GM of the year, boys. Yeah. yeah, probably fair enough. It's or Presty yeah. with his thirty-four picks. Oh, but you that's can, easy, mate. You can shut the <laughs> Presty where the fun Honestly, we could we could make the trades he's making. Issue. He's just. What did he get? George. He got Austin Rivers, Tony Bradley, and. Two Wash seconds. your mouth out, Josh. The Nets, <laughs> might win champ- the Nets might win a championship this year. What are you talking about? Like, oh my god. They dropped Pokerchevsky, baby. Poker. I touched a nerve. Oh man! Well, um, well, you know what? On on all this, on the Thunder and Philly and all that, there was a separate move which does impact the East a lot more than the player would indicate. Philly have picked up George Hill to run point. How does that? Imp- it's not Kyle Lowry. It's not what they need needed. It's the budget option, but it is a capable floor uh, floor general who can spot up and mm. handle the ball and defend. See, I think the Sixers fucked up a little bit at the trade deadline. Um, I think they're going to end up being a Kyle Lowry or one more player short of being able to make the finals. George Hill's fine, but what they're missing is a legitimate half-court presence. Kyle La- and I know it would have felt like a pretty serious overpay to give up like Maxi, Danny Green. It sounded like they wanted Thibel as well, and maybe that's, that is too much. At some point, you do have to say no. Um, but I mean, Kyle Lowry, I mean, I really value him and I think would change, change everything for this Philly team. He's, he's, he's a warrior and a, do you, do you think George Hill moves the needle at all? A little bit. Considering they gave up next to nothing. Yeah. I think he's helpful, but I like George Hill didn't, I mean, he was fine for the Bucks last season, but like the half court problems from Milwaukee, were there and he wasn't able to yeah. fix them. Very true. 
Yeah. I, I, I like it just from the fact that it's another guy that can handle the ball, right? And it's I, I think so much of that responsibility has fallen on on Shake Milton in their bench unit and aside from him, it's then you start then you're looking at literally at, at guys like Maxi and it's like that's not really what you want to do if you if you're trying to compete for a championship. So the George Hill move for me makes it ticks all those boxes. Yes, it's it's not it's not Lowry, it's not a glamorous sort of big name. Um, but I, I mean, I, I, I tend to, to agree that it probably was too much that, that Toronto were asking for and, and Maury didn't mm. want to, didn't want to part ways with that. So I, I mean, I think Philly will, will, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I, I think they're going to, they're going to run into to Brooklyn at some point and it's just where that falls and, and then how that plays out over, over a seven game series. Yeah. Mm. Lowry probably makes a big difference if he's wearing Philly colors in that series versus not having him but yeah i mean like obviously they they were they wanted to keep the gunpowder dry i suppose that's the biggest thing right yeah i think that's it for me like you're just saying how in a series maybe kyle lowry is that thing they need to tip him over the edge and they didn't get it Uh, to me that's a failure like if they enter the playoffs this season and again flame out because george hill wasn't kyle lowry would they look at Tybal and say, man, glad we kept you. I don't <laughs> well, know. I, mean, I think they would of, want Kyle Lowry. There are the parallels to literally the the sort of situation with Miami and and them not pulling mm. the trigger on a Harden trade. Yeah, exactly the same thing, right? So, I I mean, I guess the thinking with Philly is obviously Joel and, and Ben are not going anywhere, and so they're going to run that back to the large extent again next year, and they'll probably be very good, just as good as they are this year. And then it's just whatever other little pieces that they can pick pick up along the way between now and then and but the team that they have at the moment they've probably got aspirations of, of getting out of the east whether or not it's good enough i don't know but yeah yeah i just it's like maxi doesn't really play Fible plays but so you give up Fible's good Fible's good but like you, you're only really giving up one guy in your playoff rotation for a borderline all-star it's tough um I'll guess Danny Green as well, so it'll be two. Um, I don't know. We'll never know if it would have been the thing that yeah. took them over the edge. No point speculating. Yeah, but I think if they could have found a way to do it, it would have really, really helped. Uh, Raptors did make a move, though. They made a move yes. with, in my opinion, actually one of the contenders in the Western Conference, Portland Trailblazers. They flipped swingmen, so to speak. I, sh- I struggled to figure out what this, what the deal was here for a bit like you know Norman Powell's expiring Gary Trent was on a restricted um I guess they just didn't want to pay Gary Trent what he was going to get they'd rather pay Norman Powell um yeah I, or I just think let that's him go. literally it yeah yeah uh, but like <laughs> defensively they didn't fix anything that is going to do like Brooklyn Nets light and just go CJ Powell and Dame and just bomb away which Fuck yeah! Give me that every every <laughs> yeah, of the I agree. Yeah, I agree. I I I've tried thinking about it, and I guess in my opinion, Trent on the Trailblazers is very much a three point threat. He's a bit of a threat under the rim, but between those two areas, he's not really a threat. He's just there or there. Whereas Norman Powell scores at three levels. He yeah. hits the mid range as well. And maybe in Portland's perspective, that's all they need to tip them over. Just that extra guy that can get to the mid-range or just create, you mm-hmm. know. Whereas 
with Raptors. They're not going to win the title this year. Trent's a good player who's young. He's only 22. They have his restricted free agency rights. Maybe it's just everybody wins type deal. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head, Josh. Yeah, I think that that's literally it. Powell's a creator, and you can never have too many creators. And um, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Trent. I like what he did in the the bubble last year. I, I've watched him reasonably closely. I think he'll he'll be fine in Toronto. He'll probably get paid by Toronto, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's it's one of those trades that it kind of just makes sense for both teams, I suppose. If that's that's where they're both headed, yeah. I see, uh, the only way this backfires is if it goes really well for Portland and Norman Powell's contributing and they're rattling off wins, go deep into the playoffs, and then he just bundies for a massive deal somewhere else. Yeah, I, I guess it's that's possible. it. Yeah. But they can match anything, right? So No, Norman, Norman Powell's unrestricted. Oh, oh sorry, I thought you, sorry, I got them mixed up. Yeah, you're right. Um, someone could break the bank, but they've got his bird rights, so they can kind of offer him more. Um, yeah, true. I believe. But- I think your point about the Powell being able to score everywhere is interesting as well because Portland have, have definitely been one of the teams that have kind of still embraced that mid-range. Obviously, that's the reason why Carmelo Anthony's still in the league and that guy, that's... that's Scoring 20, nights, 20 points a game. Yeah, exactly. So having that sort of versatility where, yes, Dame and, and CJ can bomb from deep, but then you've got guys that can score in the middle as well. is, is And then you've got Nurkic, you know, just sort of starting to come back now who is a, a low post threat that they've, they've definitely got the offense to sort of match it with anyone in the West. And Cantor. They've got, yeah, they've yeah. got, yep. they've got premier guys who can put in the bucket at all three levels. Um, I, I reckon this move for Portland, even though it is only, I say only Norman Powell, not as an insult, but <laughs> I think, I think this is their, them saying we want the title this year. We're going for it. Well, they, dude, you got you can't waste these Lillard years, man. Yeah. Like he's what thirty one, I think. Um, yeah, I think it, this is this is like a, a about as win now move as you can make. Yeah, ex- exactly. And I mean, what are they? They're sixth in offense already. Um, this this like kind of it's basically you know healthy Lakers tier on their own, and then that next group is. Awesome, Suns, Clippers, mm. Lake, um, Suns, Clippers, Jazz, Nuggets, Blazers. Ooh, could be anyone. Yeah, could Ooh. be anyone. Maybe the Mavs as well, which maybe we do them next. Um, they made a little trade as well, um, mm. which is kind of similar. But yeah, Blazers to talk about fun team to watch on a night to night basis. Now that CJ's back, and you add Powell into the mix, firepower. Yeah, and with Dame launching from the logo every couple of tries. That's so a dumb. lot of space for all these guys to work with. And CJ's like on like another level this season. It's like what are they? What do you had twenty nine in the first half the other day? It's stupid, stupid. Um, uh, yeah, I, I it's inter- I think the sort of parallels to Brooklyn are funny that yeah they just don't care about defense. Whatever, we're just, <laughs> just going to score one hundred and fifty every game, and and that's how yeah. we're going to win. <laughs> Man, they they survived with Cantor at the center spot yeah. soaking up. 30 plus minutes every night for months. I don't, I don't know what their schemes are over there in Portland, but it's working. Well, they, they, their defense isn't very good. That, that's part of that's part of what the Cantor experience has done. But dude, he's been awesome. I, he's he's just really good in in uh, Portland. I 
cannot yeah. believe that I found myself wishing that we would have just kept Canter as opposed to Trey getting in Tristan Thompson, but it's 100% the fa- uh, what's happened. Oh, they're 29th in defense. That's why. Yeah. yeah that's what you get when you start Canter. <laughs> um, but Nurkic is back too now. So he's on a minutes yep. restriction. He started. Yeah, and um, he's just really good. And so, and he's good offensively and can improve that defense. Um, all right. I mentioned him quickly. Um, mm-hmm. The Mavericks traded for Redick and Melly. And yep. got rid of Johnson, Windu, and second round pick. Uh, the Pelicans are just, they're, they're in a weird spot where like they want to be good, but it doesn't really matter if they're that good this season. Um, but for the Mavs, that kind of Redick replaces that hole that Seth Curry left a little bit offensively, where just a sharpshooter from the outside. I think it'll help. Yeah, 100%. Like, Redick and Melly have so much more value to the Mavs than they do to Pelicans. Like, they, they're pretty much just rotten away over there in New Orleans. But on Dallas, like, Luca will make use of these guys. Redick may be old, but the guy can shoot. And Melly is an international shooter for the Italian national team. Like they, these guys that can spot up, they can pass the ball, they know how to play and they're just going to feast. That's their only job. They don't have to overexert themselves. They don't have to create. They don't have to come off the bench and initiate things. They just got to shoot. And on so, a team like Dallas, that's awesome. So, so I knew that his, his shooting numbers were down, but I wanted to check what they were quickly. So he shot 34% last season. He's shooting... 19% this season on threes. Yeah, there you go. Which, is, this, uh, is this Redick? No, this is Melly. Uh, oh, yeah. Redick's come back a little bit, but Melly, yeah, his shooting has dropped off a cliff. But you know what? Luca is kind of not you know, similar to, to Jokic, where the shots that you're going to be taking are a lot better than the playmaking, that he, the passes that he's getting um, in New Orleans. Um, the JJ after a cold start's up to 36%. So I reckon... I reckon he's he'll be okay. I think that'll even yeah. that'll even shoot back up again. Um, and the Mavs have kind of turned it around as well lately. So yeah, this is this is just the kind of moves they needed. Just it gives it's almost like you're adding ammo to Luca's gun by giving him more shooters to surround himself with. Exactly, he can do whatever he wants now. Yeah, mate. He's got the um, damn whatever the perk on COD is where you get extra ammo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Give him, um, give him more weapons. Exactly. So, but then see, like, they're they're three games back of Portland right now. Um, we've seen the Lakers drop to fourth. Love it. Hey, man, they snuck out a win against the Magic, who yeah. I, I name like a quarter of the roster of. Um, it, it, the, it really shows you how good LeBron and uh, AD are, or just any team where you take off your two best players how bad the, the team's going to look um, when you're built with two max players. Yeah. But, like, but yeah, it was, it's, a, it's a brutal watch right now. All right, to, to close, fellas, because I'm, yeah. I'm approaching the time where I've got not too much else to talk about, but yeah. final thoughts. Who is your winner and who oh. is your loser of the deadline? Mm. Mm. Um, give me the nuggets, man. Um, I love this move for them. I think it fills a super obvious need. I think it's a slight upgrade over Jerry and Grant. I don't think they're a similar type level of player, but I think Gordon's a little bit better. Yeah, and they vaulted into second in the West in my brain. So congratulations yeah. to the Nuggets. 
I 80. I gotta go with your bulls, Joshy. Oh, I, I, I will cop that, mate. I was hoping <laughs> someone would. <laughs> I just think they're a legitimate. They're they're gonna be in that mix now with the play-in, and I, I I didn't think that before. Maybe that was me being a bit low on them and and probably not watching enough of them this season. And obviously, the Levine sort of stuff. I feel like when on the lead up to All Star, when the Levine buzz started, I was still a bit sort of hesitant about that. But I, I just think that having two top level scorers in the league now, right, on their team, they're gonna be they're gonna be something in the East. It's not gonna win them a championship or anything, but I think they're definitely gonna be in that hunt for a playoff spot and, and that's more than what they were before. And I don't know, I just like it for Vooch even. Like that guy's a he's a good player, man. I think that the change of environment for him and and, and, and for Zach as well to be able to have that guy as a running mate now, I, I think they're just both of them are gonna blossom with it. Yeah, I could not agree more. Vooch in a perceived big market now. Maybe he'll finally get the props he's due. Yeah. Josh, I think my winner. Way. I think my winner. I was gonna say the Heat. There's, this was my plan coming in. Yeah. If they'd signed Lamarcus Aldridge, I would have said the Heat. But I'm I'm also going the Nuggets. I think Ooh. that they've they've nailed this. Like, as I said before, I can't find a hole in that team. I think they can go up against anyone. It's a young, pl- well, young, in their timeline player. Um, I love it. I'm all about it. Me too. Uh, Luke, we wanted two losers. Yeah, yeah. Who's your loser? Uh, for me, it's the Sixers. I think they needed to, to do more. I think they need to really... Maybe they know more about Joel's need than we do, but um, I reckon they should have had a crack. Harsh, but I'll cop that. They should have had a crack. I agree. I, oof, I don't know for a loser. I, I, I like. I, I mean, I think your point's fine with Philly. I don't. I probably don't agree with it as much, just because I don't think that I would want to blow my load on on Lowry. Uh, I mean, obviously, a big part of that just becomes what's ownership's keenness to to go deep into the luxury tax or whatever that looks like the salary cap ramifications, but. I don't know. The the landscape in the East is tricky with Brooklyn at the moment. Just just picking up everybody, everybody that's fallen on the way. I mean, the only one that they haven't is is Andre Drummond, right? Who's who's signed with the Lakers now? But um, oh, did he? I missed yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, interesting. Somebody, they're a body out there, right? I'm so excited to watch what happens to the conversation now that people are going to actually watch him because mm. like people are just like. Get Andre Drummond. Celtics need him. Celtics need him. Everybody needs him. And I'm like, do you like? I don't watch that much Drummond. I try not to. But um, people that know know him well do not think he's good at all. Um, so, so yeah, I I think he's on the the best spot to be honest. I think this yeah. is a spot because he's going to help them as soon as because obviously missing Davis and LeBron, he's, he's he can fill up the box score for them. And then what the role looks like once those guys are back on deck. Who knows? I don't know. But certainly in the interim, he's going to be a, a, a big ad for them. Yeah, he's probably the perfect LeBron role player when you come to think about it. The guy's like full of beans. He can like, for a big fella, he can jump. He yeah. can rebound. He can body up. He can roll to the rim. I like it. He's just like way better JaVale McGee. And LeBron made JaVale McGee look pretty good. Uh, we're about to find out if he actually is any better than JaVale McGee. <laughs> <laughs> Match up, yeah. I mean, yeah. Honestly, um, uh, 
I don't know, like to, to bring it back to losers quickly and I, in, in a similar vein to Philly, I, I guess. I think Milwaukee's another one who have just kind of, what, what I mean, really, it's it's kind of, it is what it is, right? Yeah. They, they, they haven't really, they didn't, they, they're probably in a position where they should be in win-now mode too, right, with Giannis. But they claimed PJ Tucker. That's yeah, that's true. Nothing. That was they, they 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 did that a bit earlier, didn't they? Yeah, I, I suppose that's true. It's yeah, not, it, it's and it's just just it's something. But like, I mean, yeah. it's as something as George Hill is, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, probably. It's not a, it's probably. not the, the saucy big name, but mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. Like, losers is a tricky one this year. It's a bit. I think it's piece of piss, man. I can tell you who's the loser. Yeah, go go. Houston for it. Rockets. Oh yeah, fuck. Obvious. Oops, missed that one. Well, yeah, Houston they, Rockets lost this ten doing times it on purpose, over. Aren't they? They're, they're losing yeah, on awesome. purpose at this point. Like, awesome. Yeah, but like, they could have done that and still, you know, flipped some. Like, for, if you're you gonna, get, like, if we if we roll it back, roll it back to the preseason or not even preseason, should I say, early season? Yeah. And um, you trade with Brooklyn, send over James Harden. Why do you then engage Indiana? to get rid of Karis LeVert, you engage Cleveland, get rid of Jared Allen. Also, you can get Victor Oladipo, you get him, and then you flip him for literally nothing. What was the point? Why didn't you not just keep Karis LeVert and Jared Allen? Bro, look, they they, they, got, lose. A, they, they got a draft swap with a team that's clearly going to be way below them. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, yay. <laughs> You can swap with them. Your your swaps better anyway. Your it's picks like, better, should I say? It's the dumbest thing ever. Um, it's a we weird did, one, man. Yeah. yeah, we did miss um, the Rondo to the Clippers, um, which I yeah. think actually was a good move for them. Yeah, that's that's pretty nice. They get playoff Rondo, and Lou yeah. Will gets his Atlanta strip club chicken. Yeah, that's the yeah. easiest, most obvious thing that came out of it. Maybe right? that's the winner of the deadline. Yeah, Magic City. <laughs> Lou Williams. <laughs> oh, <look>, right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we're on the home stretch here, fellas. We're like a month before the playoffs, yeah. basically. Properly go time now. If you're not ready, then you're never going to be ready. Yeah, time to figure some shit out. Well, Still. until next week, the, I, I think we've pretty much run through the trade deadline. We're now going to see how these guys go. A few of them have already started playing for their new teams, but... We'll have a much better idea by next week. Until then, you've been tuning into Backdoor Cut. My name is Justin Mateo, here with Jake Eisenberg and Matt Beatty. Until next week, peace.